Hello and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. There's all kinds of family. We chose this one. This is episode 205, Talladega Nights, The Ballad of Ricky Bobby from 2006. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Too. And this episode is brought to you by Jacob Companies. It's woman-owned and it's nationally certified, multifaceted construction firm with a focus on construction design, build services, structural concrete, and all that good stuff. But in 2019, Jacob's company has announced that they partnered with Rick Ware Racing to fund their new NASCAR in a multi-layered partnership. So shout out to Jacob Companies. Well, shout out to them. After the break, we will be talking with Brian Late Night Slumber Party Rodriguez once again about Talladega Nights. But Joe, extracurricular activities, what have you been up to since we last spoke? Um, Hockey season started, so that was big for me. I'm really, really excited for that. The Penguins played in the opening night game. Um, They played against Tampa Bay Lightning. Half the team is dead right now, and um, they somehow won. So that was really awesome to watch last night. That's what, like, I've been most hype about. We did our fantasy hockey draft, so we're, like, all into that right now. But um, I have a funny story that I already told you, but I'm going to tell again because I thought it was really funny. Um, We've been watching, like, some scary movies because, you know, it's, you know, spooky season, whatever. So we watched, like, The Night House, which was surprisingly deceptive in its title. It really wasn't about a night house at all. And, like, I don't know if you saw the trailer in theaters, but it kind of made it look like, you know, there's this, like, reverse house... There's, like, this lady, and her husband was building, like, a mirrored image of her house for some reason. Mm-hmm. Movie's pretty much not about that at all. This is on my list to see. I've heard good things about this, but I've not seen it yet. It's pretty good. It's pretty... Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to jokingly say the movie is very, very good for your taste. But I'm not going to tell you why, and I'm sure you'll guess when you start watching it. It is. It was good, but it wasn't about the night house. Like, they pitched it as, like, the, oh, there's a, room, a mirror house. And it's not. So we watched that. That was pretty good. Then yesterday we were watching Candyman. The new one. The new one. Yeah. The, 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 the what, Jordan Peele one. He didn't direct it. He might have produced no, it. No, he, didn't, he, he didn't wrote it, it, and he's, like, a producer on it. Um, we're watching it. It's really good. We're, like, going to watch, like, half before the game, half after the game. Obviously not a spoiler, but, like, there's, like, a point where he's, like, look, like, if you look in the mirror and say Candyman five times, the Candyman appears. And he's, like, he's, like, Candyman, 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 Candyman. And, and, like, as he's about to hit the fifth one, my doorbell rings, and where Rachel sits on the couch, she's, like, right by the windows, the windows were open. We didn't hear anybody come up the steps. She jumps off the couch, and it was just, like, the solar guy coming back he's a really nice kid and was just like hey your panels are up and they look really good but like the timing of him hitting the doorbell on like the fifth Candyman, like right. saying in the movie i could not have cued him in better if i was like sitting at my phone like ben ring the doorbell like three two one like if i would have done that he would have been off but he was like just dead on it was a really funny experience she freaked out obviously because it's like you know dark out that part of the movie quiet the windows are open and we don't hear any she's like sits right by the windows where like the steps to the up to the front of the house is so like for her to not hear somebody come up and then him ring the doorbell totally freaked her out but that was pretty much it that's what we've been up to and um i have a fun time planned for this weekend but that's what i've been up to how about you brother 
I have done nothing except watch horror movies. Like I haven't. That's like, awesome. This is the first. This is the first weekend uh, again. Like it's the first of actually three or four in a row where I have no no plans. But I'm like I'm not going to try to find plans. I'm not going to go anywhere. I'm just going to sit Sometimes at home and watch. Works. It. Yeah. So Thursday night I went to see the new Bond movie in theaters, which was great. Everybody said it's really good, right? Everybody. Yeah. All five of his because I watched all of the all twenty five Bonds this year. Now all five Daniel Craig ones are in my top seven. Oh, okay. Bond movies. I just I don't like most of the other ones. I, I do really like all five of these. Okay. It's it's those five, the Lazenby one, and Goldeneye. That's my top seven. Uh, but I think I have this like third, and like the top three are all Daniel Craig. Like, I think they're just like they're just better. Yeah. So this one's great, really, really good. So if you like Bond, if you've not, I'm sure if you've liked Bond, you would have seen this by now. But if you have not, go see it. Yeah, my buddy Adam went to go see it like in theaters uh, last week, and he was raving about it too. And I've seen only good things. So, so then on Saturday, I watched one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I watched like seven and a half, and I finished up the eighth, the eighth one on Sunday morning. But like usually, when I watch a bunch of movies, my hit rate for whatever reason is not very high. But this was pretty good. So I'm not gonna talk about everybody. But there was a new movie that came out last year called Spontaneous which Brian did in his now, what he's referring to as his now infamous end of the year recap, where he watched like 20 movies over the course of like a week. Okay. And just like had them on in the background, like all high school movies. So I had never heard, like, again, we've talked about this on here before. There's so many things to watch. It's so hard to know. Like even like someone like me, who all I do basically throughout the day is like, oh, what's this new movie? What's this new TV show? Let's just add to the list. And like my list is bigger than I'll ever get to. Yep. Like all I'm doing essentially is like, looking for movies that I'm going to enjoy, right? And somehow, this did not hit my radar at all. And the way he described it, it's about a high school where, like, kids are just spontaneously exploding, kind of like water balloons, but just like a bloody, like, okay, explosion. Okay, yeah. The way he described it, I'm like, this sounds like something that I would love, and I had never even heard of it before And it's fairly episode. new. It came out last year, yeah. Okay. And I did love it. It's very, it's funny, it's gross, it's tender it's timely like it's all it's really good i think it's on because these are all like all every movie that i watched and like this weekend i think i'm gonna do it again they're all streaming somewhere so this one is hulu um but i really liked it. spontaneous it was great um that was one of my favorite ones then i watched the return of the living dead from what i understand and this is I, i'm gonna get this wrong so i apologize in advance to everybody who actually knows this mike explained this because he did the return of the living dead part three on his podcast but Night of the Living Dead, sort of, you know, there was George Romero, and like that kind of branched into two paths. Like, there's my friend. Yes. My friend's dad is a is a zombie. You can see his butt in the movie. Very cool. Yeah. And so their one path followed down like Dawn of the Dead Day, or maybe Dawn of the Dead Day of the Dead, whatever was one, and then like it sort of split into two. I don't know exactly. Anyway, I, this is what I'm not sure of. I could have googled it. Whatever. But then off that became the, the Return of the Living Dead, which is in this world, they're like, you know that movie, Night of the Living Dead? They're like, that's a, that was a cover-up. Like, that really happened, but that's not how it happened. Oh, and so, like, it's okay. all part of the mythology or whatever. And this movie kicks so much ass. It's an 80s zombie movie. It's Funny, also gross, uh, really good. Those, these zombies, as opposed to like the slow shambling zombies, they run, they can talk, they can use things. There is one very iconic moment, from what I gather now, where they send paramedics to like help out this thing, right? And the paramedics get killed by the zombies. And so the cops okay. come because the paramedics have not returned or whatever, so the cops yeah. check it out, and the cops get killed. And then a zombie gets the uh, 
walkie-talkie in the cop car. He just says, send more cops. And like all the cops, more cops come and they just kill all those cops. Like it's just, it's just stuff like that where the zombies are like terrifying. It's like they, they can do whatever. Yeah, um, that is also crazy. stabbing in the head doesn't kill them. Um, kind of just like burn them. It's, it's, it's awesome. It's so, so good. Uh, so the Return of the Dead was one of my favorite ones I watched. Then I watched a movie that I'm not going to spoil. I'm not going to even describe because we're going to do it on this show at one point Ooh. called The Cars That Ate Paris, which is a oh. horror movie that was really good from 1974. That was one that Bob recommended, so we will do that okay, eventually cool. on here. Nice. Then I watched a movie called House, which is, I think, also Hausu, H-A-U-S-U. It's this Japanese horror movie from the 70s. This is one that, like, you know, if, if you looked at, like, top 10 best horror lists or whatever, like, this is always one that was, like, near the top of that those okay. lists that I had never seen. It is so goddamn cool. It's so stylish. It's so insane. It's just a bunch of, high, I guess, high school girls, I think, go to this, like, haunted house. But it's, they don't really know that it's a haunted house. Uh, it's just one of their... One of the girl's aunts lives there. And so they go to visit her and just, like, weird shit happens. And, like... There's so many crazy effects, and it's all, like, very clearly shot in, like, sound stages with, like, weird backgrounds, but it's amazing. It's so good. It's, like, it, it's worthy of all of the, like, hype around it. Uh, house really, really rules. And then on Sunday, the last, like, great new horror movie that I watched is a brand new one. Then I went to the theater to see Lamb, which is the new A24. So here, okay. I'm not going to spoil this, but okay. I will say what I tweeted, which I know you saw because you liked it. So I don't watch trailers. We talked about that. Yeah. It's a new, moody, atmospheric, foreign horror movie from A24. I'm like, done. Like, I don't need to yeah, know anything exactly. about it. Don't need to know who's in it. Whatever. It's all I need. So I know that there's, like, this lamb that this couple is, like, in love with. And I'm like, I don't know anything. I literally don't know anything more than that. Like, it's just, like, there's a baby lamb that they're carrying around. There's, like, an Instagram filter or whatever where, like, you can have the lamb in, like, a little, like, you know, papoose or whatever on your front, on your chest. Like, okay. it choose, like, an AR lamb. And so I go to the movies, and when, like, the reveal happens, because, like, there has to be something that happens. It can't just be, like, a lamb. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, okay. And I kind of laugh out loud a little bit, and no one else in the theater reacts. I mean, there's not a lot of people there. It's, like, eight or ten people there. Yeah. But nobody else. So I'm like, I, I, this had to be in the trailer. And so like, you watch a trailer, and, like, you can kind of see some stuff like that. But I'm just like, oh. But, like, I, I this is one that I completely... <laughs> just missed and i was so relieved that i missed because i'm like this is such a wild turn here and it if was i was ready for great. it yeah yeah and, and like i think i liked the movie more because i didn't know like i've, I've talked about here about how sometimes when i go and see like I, I think a movie is gonna be one thing when i don't see the trailer and then i'm like i'm disappointed I'm like oh this is it's rare but it happens and this i was like oh no like this it would have it would have been a movie that i liked but i think i really really liked it because i was just like Oh, I had no idea. I'm like, because I'm thinking, like, does this, could it be? And, like, it was something that I wouldn't have guessed. The, the mind starts going after that, and then it becomes another thing altogether. So, uh, yeah, Very I cool. highly recommend Lamb. Lamb is cool. So, yeah. And that's it. So I'm going to do, I think, another bunch this weekend. Hopefully the hit rate will be as good. Because, again, you know, when you watch eight, to have, like, four of them be, like, at least really good, if not great, is, that's pretty, pretty good. Yeah. yeah, I don't know how you can me like if I watched eight movies in a row. The problem I would have is that they would be one movie. Like my attention, first of all, couldn't do that. Yeah. But but also like it would just be like, oh yeah, the movie with the zombies and the house, and it'd be like, no, yeah. So what I, I try to like stagger them a little bit. So like I had like an animated one from the '40s into a slasher from the '80s into a new movie into that a Friday the Thirteenth movie into a zombie movie into a modern movie into an old movie into like a weird foreign movie or whatever. And so like. They, they're distinctly separated. 
I try. I try. It doesn't yeah. always work, but yeah, that makes sense. Because also, like the same thing. It's like they're all horror, but they're all different. But it's also all kind of the same in a way. So it's you know. But yeah, a couple of them I watched. I'm like, oh, I'm not gonna remember anything about this in three days. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. even if I just watched one, right? Like even if I just like watched that on a night, I'd be like, I'm gonna forget this anyway. So like, yeah, you know, makes sense. It's fine. So we'll see how it goes this time. But yeah, I've gone nowhere. Oh, I have in terms of house things. What? Uh, fucking lantern flies all over the place. Do you have them there? Or are they? Have we talked about them on here or no? Do you know about the lantern flies? Are you talking about lightning bugs? I mean, I no. guess it's regional names. What are no. lantern flies versus lightning bugs? So lantern flies are these moths with like red undersides of their wings, and they have. There's been like news reported about them. They're like, if you ah. see these bugs, kill these bugs. Why? Why? Like, do you they are. They like they invasive eat, species. They. I think they. I don't know if they eat other bugs. Or they eat trees. They eat plants. They're like these will fuck your shit up. Okay. And I didn't see them for a while, and then, like, they were, I think they were mostly, like, in South Jersey, and, like, I, I don't know, like, there's, they were in a bunch of places, but whatever. Then, you know, a couple months ago, I started seeing them around here, but I would see, like, one or two, and I would kill them. And then, like, uh, a couple weeks ago, I saw a bunch outside, like, a bunch, like, five or six, like, they just sort of seemed to have, like, a small nest in front of my window, so, like, I would just take, like, a fly swatter out there and just kill these things. Yeah. And then I see my neighbor, who is like a greenskeeper, like he just like does like lawns around town or whatever. Okay. I see him outside like like smushing things in my tree and I'm like, dude, what are you like what are you doing? He's like, you have these lantern flies everywhere. It's like, oh. And so I go to Home Depot and I get this like spray that you connect to the hose and I just like douse both of my trees. <laughs> nice. The, the the Home Depot people are like, I don't know. We don't know like it, it, there there's not really a thing that kills them, but like some guy says that this pretty much works. I'm like, okay, that's fine spray these trees down and then i look up today because i do it like at last night like seven o'clock when it's dark outside but i'm like the lady at home people's like do it at night because if you do it during the day there's like bees around you'll kill the bees too and you don't want to kill the bees you don't want to kill the lantern flies so i look today and like where i like the trees like the, the the trunks have been like covered in these fucking things and so they're all gone but like up the tree there's like a bunch up there that i can't really reach even with the hose even with the hose, because, like, the hose, yes, because the issue was, like, it was a little windy, and so, like, I, I spray up, and because, like, this is, like, a weird adapter nozzle, yeah. it's, like, spraying back on me, and, like, I don't want chemicals on me. Yeah. So I call Terminix, so I come out, come out, like, every quarter or whatever, because I had termites when I bought the house, like, they sprayed for termites, but then I had some kind of, like, carpenter ants or carpenter bees or something, so, like, okay. I just have, like, a couple, like, four times a year or whatever come out and spray, it's, like, 100 bucks, whatever. Okay. So I call them, and I'm like, hey, can you take care of this? They're like, we don't do it. I'm like, what? They're like, well, we don't really have, there's no, we don't do trees. We don't do tree stuff. We and also there's stuff. no like okay. proven way to kill these things. And I was like, all right. So I call my lawn company. This makes me sound really bougie. I'm not bougie. I've talked about the lawn company in here, but I'm like, oh, my, yeah. my bug key, my bug company and my tree company. So I call the lawn company and they're like, oh, yeah, we'll send somebody out there. Like, it's going to be a free estimate and then we're going to figure it out. But like, okay. it might be too late in the year because apparently the way that they do it, like... Somehow with the tree's circulatory system, once leaves start falling, the way that a tree interacts inside changes. Okay. And so whatever they're going to spray with might not work. But, like, it seems like, from what I understand, it's not going to kill the tree on the first year, but it just, it sucks. Like, it's just yeah, nightmare. It really sucks. But, yeah, I'm surprised that you, I, don't, I guess I'm not surprised that you don't have them, because I don't know how regional are, but I feel like people know about them. I don't know. Yeah, I, I guess I just didn't attention to them it sounds like they're pretty terrifying things but yeah i didn't i, I guess they're not around here because i haven't seen them they're indigenous to china india and vietnam and they spread invasively to japan south korea and the u.s it flies and jumps 
Yeah, it's in Pennsylvania too. Like it just they're, they're beautiful. Like they're really nice looking moths. <laughs> it's just that they're like absolute assholes. I'll send you a picture of one of them. Yeah, please. Or the, the ground around my trees out front is just littered with these carcasses because I'm just like oh, murdering them. They look sick. Them. These are awesome. Yeah, they're cool. I'm like they're they're. <laughs> They're probably about like, you know, maybe nickel sized or a little bit smaller. So like, they're not tiny, but like you can very clearly see the colors. They look nice, but it's just like, oh, no, like you can't be here. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I've been dealing with anyway. Fun, 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 fun. That's we have a Patreon cool. page. Too fast. Too forever.com. Shout out to Cassie Wilson, Jake Freer, Ben Milliman, Nick Burris, Alex Ellen and Justin Kleiman, Brian Rodriguez of Ooh. this podcast. Yeah. Haley Gerbys, Wes Hampton, Christian Larson, Jerry Robinson, Dan the Duke, Hayden, Renato DiDonato, Michael McGann, Lane Middleton, and Jessica Collins, a.k.a. Montez. Thank you all so much for supporting us at the $5 level or above. Like I said, like we've said last time, we have the laps 10, 11, 12 themes on the Patreon. We have bonus episodes, got another one coming up soon on the Patreon, only on the Patreon. So go there, do those things, too fast, too forever.com. Even a dollar a month gets you in the door. Yeah. We also have an email address, family at cageclub.me. And Joe, we have three emails today. Okay. First up from Alex. And I don't think this is a spoiler. If it is, I'm going to stop reading. But he says, laps 11, 12 themes. So here we go. Patreon topic coming at you. Oh. I was already looking for movies for these laps with the loosest interpretation in order to get the worst movie options possible. <laughs> then you called me up for doing exactly that. I'll find something good and terrible. Don't you worry. Thank you. Perfect. Says Joe too. I was fully aware of the backstory for picking Redline in parentheses, the bad one. Let the record show that the first email about it back in July uh. 2020, I merely said Lap Nine Redline because it sent the economy into a recession, sort of. Okay. Then in later emails about it, I partially blamed it for Paul Walker's death. <laughs> and this is what he writes in the previous email. And the 2007 Redline might be the actual worst movie of all time. They actually destroyed a Porsche Carrera GT for the movie. Yes. Yeah, I've seen the bonus features. Turns out it took a bigger revenge when a Carrera GT killed Paul Walker. So that movie not only is rough to watch in a physical manifestation of the impending doom to hit in 2008, but it also might be considered the catalyst for Paul's death. It's like the soul stone from the MCU, <laughs> except that it extracted a bigger toll than it gave. Perfect. And then he says, Joey even knew what I'd stick with that one when asked if I was sure later, and I called it, quote, the most culturally significant, so it had to stay. Alex. It, it probably was the most culturally significant movie we covered last lap. <laughs> or this lap. It, yeah. might, it might actually be. Well, so here's the question. So we did not say this on the on the main feed yet. We only talked about it on the Patreon feed. But the what? Patreons at the $10 a month tier get to pick one movie a year, right? Yeah. Next year is laps 11 and 12. So everybody gets one pick for either one of those. But we're also given the option. We will watch anything you want us to watch, but it'll go behind the paywall. If it doesn't fit the theme. Yeah, that was the thing, right? Right. Yeah. So the, the real question here is, will Alex want to torture everyone oh right yeah that's, a, that's a tough choice because he could, he could pick like absolute bullshit but yeah. it'll be for the select patron audience or he'll pick some on brand maybe slightly lesser bullshit that's true everyone will be subjected to it right so yeah very, very i don't know true. i don't know either good who that's knows? a hard choice who knows yeah. i would i would i mean personally i would probably like stick closer to the theme if i wanted like real bullshit and for the act of inducing bullshit, but I could see both ways. Yes. 
we'll see what Alex. I mean, he's got nothing but time. We have a whole yeah, lap to get through yeah. before he can let somebody in. Justin already sent in his pick for I think lap twelve. Ooh. So you know he's about a year ahead on that. But we got that locked and loaded. Of course, it can change. But uh, yeah, if anybody wants to join, ten dollars a month, you get to pick a movie. And also, if you join right now, you get to pick for lap ten as well, which is the lap starting in a couple weeks or a month oh, or whatever. True. Yeah. And then you also get one for next year. So bang for your buck at the moment. Cool. Next email from Jerry, and he sends two pictures, which I sent to you on Facebook. Cool. Says, hey, guys, a vacation update. Just got home from dropping off Ileana after our vacation, and this is where we went. On Saturday, we went to see Joe Coy in Sacramento, which he wrote in. See the Grand Sheridan. Then on the 3rd, we, as in me, drove to Anaheim for Disney and stayed at the Hilton and ate burritos at one place that was on the show Diners, Drive-Ins, Dives. Oh, Triple D is someplace that we always look for food recommendations like when we go to like a new place especially like places that he's gone to a bunch of times like Hawaii like I always look at like Triple D places just for like ideas right because he always is going to cool places good choice when I did my cross-country trip I did uh man vs food okay Sa- same same, kind of same guy different actor I do I do a little Bourdain if I'm in like a bougier city sure. I'll do a Bourdain one but then diners drive-ins and dives especially if I'm like doing car trips like road trip type situations he hits some good places so agreed agreed thumbs up there is a sketch on the comedy bang bang TV show that was on IFC for five years where Scott Aukerman, the host, is in the show, basically playing a Guy Fieri type, and he's doing like this, like, renovate a sweater, like a really dumb reality, like, fix him up show, but the whole premise of the show is so just get, he can just get on Route 66 and just drive in this convertible. He's like, all right, we're getting down on Route 66. And he's just <laughs> driving back and forth, and it's, it's just wonderful. So, <laughs> Monday at California Adventure, everyone was loving her custom Ursula ears. I got it for Christmas, and her outfit that matched it, which I think we uh, might be in one of these pictures. I'm not sure. I saw just these. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. In the in the second in the second okay. picture, that's at the Avengers Campus. Oh, those are really cool. Yes, very cool. Uh, we got on the exclusive ride web slingers, where Ileana's a better Spider-Man than me, and I have the tattoo of the symbol. Well, you know, <laughs> Wes has a every Spider-Man, Spider-Man needs too. a Mary Jane. That's true. Spider-Man tattoos galore over here. Or uh, what was Emma Stone's Gwen Stacy? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The titular Gwen Stacy, mm. <laughs> Sp- Spider Gwen. <laughs> Tuesday was for Disneyland, and after being placed in a backup queue for the Ride of the Resistance, we conquered all the rides, ran to my best friend Anthony's girlfriend, Lynn, who flew from Vegas, celebrating their five-year anniversary. Cool. We rode rides till our stomachs growled went our own ways when our backup queue finally went through for Rise of the Resistance. We were tired, but annoyed, said fuck it, and went on. It was worth the wait. Being the Star Wars fan that I am, I rocked a Darth Vader shirt and mask. Very, very cool. <laughs> very cool. So then they drove down to Hollywood for breakfast, where they had Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles for her first time. Ooh. She enjoyed it. We enjoyed it. Checked in at the historical Hollywood Historical Hotel and went to the Wax Museum, where sometimes the celebrities would be in character and pop out, but none this time. We saw Daniel Craig getting his Hollywood star. Cool. Oh, very cool. And that's a classy guy. We fist bumped. Whoa, okay. Ooh. Fist bumping James Bond over here. Then we decided to check out Venice Beach and Santa Monica ran into a former co-worker of mine. Man, he's running into people he knows everywhere. Including James Venice, Bond. a little too ghetto, and Santa Monica smaller than I thought. We ate tortas at this place called by UCLA called Pinche, Pinche? Tacos. It means fucking in Spanish. We <laughs> ate at fucking tacos. <laughs> That's 
pretty awesome. And you can get away with it because the because like the translation, right? So because gringos don't know anything. Exactly. Today being Friday, it was time to go. We drove five hours, three hundred fifty miles. Didn't stop for anything. My gas tank on a twenty eighteen Ford Focus hatchback, dubbed the Silver Surf, or made it from Hollywood to Oakland with an average speed of around eighty. Great trip, especially for a week. And now I'm already working out plans for next year. This time I'm thinking Disney World. That's all I got because now I'm tired. My eyes hurt. Haven't smoked in a week. Smoked weed in a week. And then my car needs an oil change. Be fast and never last, Jerry. That sounds like a blast. Usually for us on the East Coast, everybody goes to Disney World, not Disneyland. I've been to the Florida one a bunch. I've been to California once. And my buddy, like, I think he still works there. But yeah, hit Disney World if you've never been. It's really, really cool. And there's it's fucking huge because they bought, you know, that giant part of the Everglades that we're going to drive through in this minute. Well, I, I think the, the common, like, not rule of thumb is that all of Disneyland can fit in Disney World's parking lot. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's much, much bigger. Yeah. Which is crazy. So, yeah. Um, and then our, our last email, Joe, is from a new listener, Amy Craig. <laughs> Amy, is this Daniel Craig's friend? I hope so. I mean, I saw Bond, Jerry, Fistbump Bond. Yeah! <laughs> Jesus. Well, hello, Amy. Subject line, Joey and Joe are my guilty pleasure. Oh. Feel compelled to write in to say thanks for all the fun. I found you guys through Zack Attack. Parentheses, we're never going to be better than this. Followed oh. you to Boyfriend Material, Applejack's All the Way. Okay. Breakfast material. Yes. And Joey and Mike to Hanks for the Memories. I love Joe vs. Volcano. I tuned into Too Fast just to get to hear your banter, and now I love it, and I've even started watching the movies. Well, that's perfect. We made a new convert again. That's awesome. I love your brotherly dynamic, fun personalities, historical observations about the movies. As a therapist, I sometimes find myself correcting you guys as you wonder what is wrong with a character when it's a psych-based issue, attachment, <laughs> trauma, etc. Just shows how engaging you are that I'm walking around my house with my AirPods in, appearing to be laughing and talking to myself. Thanks for all that you do to add laughter and levity to the world, Amy. That's awesome, Amy. I'm sure that I've given you so much... <laughs> material yeah i was gonna say i generally avoid that kind of stuff because i i'm not an expert but like you and sometimes a guest are just like well here we're gonna take a swing for the fences here this is what i think is wrong with this character and i'm like oh boy well there's a lot wrong with me too is what i'm saying so amy must be listening being like what the fuck is wrong with this person also true but that's great i'm glad that we can make you laugh and i'm glad that you like listening to us and see another fucking proof that we've said to so many people that if you like zack attack or if you liked boyfriend material this is the same shit, dude. But that's all the emails. Family at cageclub.me. If you want to write it, we'll read it on the next episode, which will be Hobbs and Shaw next Ooh. week. Yes. Or whenever you write in. Doesn't matter. Yeah, Just write in. Joe, on the streets, news. Oh, actually, hold on. Before we go there, we have a new review on iTunes. What? Lane Lane wrote in, or Lane did a review. Okay. This ain't no 10-second podcast. I love this podcast, he says. Just start him three years behind, but I'm loving it. They have great <laughs> ideas of how to continually have relevant discussions about a 10-movie franchise and keep it fresh five stars. Well, thank you, Lane. Thank you, Lane. We need more reviews. If you want to review, go to Apple Podcasts, at least in the U.S., even if you don't listen on Apple Podcasts. If you have an iPhone, it's on there or whatever. Just download the app. Review us, please, and thank you. Yeah, and it adds, man. Like, it's it pops up the highest on Google, so it helps. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Joe, news about the Fast and Furious on the streets. Anything you have seen in the last week about this franchise? No, I haven't seen anything. How about you? Have you listened to, I tweeted about it, have you listened to Dwayne Johnson's new song? Oh, with, no, I haven't. I actually haven't. I sent you, my friend sent it to me. I sent you the the thing. And I think somebody, like, eventually it became, like, a tweet thing, too. But there was a comment on the YouTube of the video, and it says, Dwayne Johnson's completed life, and now he's just doing side quests. 
Yes. Like, so, no, I saw that, but I haven't listened to the song. Is the song good? Should I listen to good. the song? No, it's good. So it's Tech 9 and a couple of the rappers, and they're, it's a, so what's, what's, what, what's smart about this is that he has one verse that he does at the end. Okay. And, like, it's an actual song. Like, it's not, you know, like, other people have done, like, entire songs that they're not necessarily a musician. They do an entire song, whatever. This is just him doing a verse, and he's pretty good. He's featured and, on a Tech 9 song. Yeah. Yes. There was something that happens at the very end of the song that I'm like, I kind of rolled my eyes at, which I won't okay. spoil for you. I'll just let you get there. Okay. But yeah, the song is good. So I would, I would say check it out. Uh, the song is called, hold on, let me bring it up. I, I'm not a big Tech 9 fan because a lot of people like his songs, and I think he's very verbose, and he likes to tell stories in his songs. And that's not the type of rap that I usually prefer. I would, this is not that. Okay, cool. Thank you. He, there's like many songs that like people are like, have you heard this Tech 9 song? And it's like, a six-minute-long book on tape. And I'm like, no, thanks. I don't want that. No, he does a verse, then Joey Cool, whoever that is, does a verse, King Iso does a verse, and then The Rock and Tech 9 do a verse together. I guess oh, he, cool. like, Tech 9 is just sort of his, like, hype crew or whatever. But yeah, and there's it's called Face Off, Ooh. and they make a Nicolas Cage reference. Makes sense. Cool. I was going to ask. Yeah, it'll be chaos like an emerald chase when I face off in a Nicolas Cage. Ooh. So check it out it's you know it's streaming everywhere it's probably on youtube too so yeah i think face off video Tonight. that's what i want to see i think yeah. he's in the music video too probably yeah i don't know why it happened if you want to i mean at this point like when you're the rock like we say like you know he could do whatever he's like one of the biggest movie stars in the world so like if he was like either way the rock could have been like i would love to have i would love to do a rap song once and or tech nine could be like can we get the rock to be on this song and like either one is like yep cool yeah i don't know that's all I've seen. There's nothing going on. You know, we were talking, I was last week when Brian was asking about Hobbs and Shaw 2, and so maybe, eventually, I don't know. Yeah, because like we said, they greenlit it. We have nothing on the car, like on the table for next year, and we were going year, 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 and then pandemic, but theoretically, we should have had Hobbs and Shaw 2 this year. I don't know if that was ever going to be the case. It might have been next year all along, so I don't know. Okay, yeah, maybe. Because it wasn't, it was never year, 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 year. It, it was, was, well, it was fate, Hobbs and Shaw. there was a year Sh- off. No, there was a year off. Oh, that's right. Okay. It was, it was Hobbs 17, and Shaw. then 19, and then it was supposed to be 20. Yes. It was going to be Hobbs and Shaw, then F9. So we were, we got a year between those two, but then that got pushed. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, we, we they, they greenlit Hobbs and Shaw too, but that was never, like, they, they, they didn't even, like, date it for 21, right? So, like, it might have always been yeah. 22. It still might be 22. I don't know. Who knows? But... No news, not good news, just no news. But Joe, the final thing to do before we take a break and bring in Brian is the Too Fast, Too Furious Minute, Minute 31. One of my favorite quotes in the movie, and I don't, I know what it means. I don't really know what it means. I don't know why he says, I know why he says it. I don't know why he says it. Why must I chase the cat? Agent Markham, I've got him heading south on I-95. Yeah, I got it. They're running. What a surprise. Come on, stick with me, Rome. What you got? Why must I chase the cat? (laughs) 
smart ass. So in this minute, the racers continue to speed down Alligator Alley as we focus on Roman and Brian at HQ. An agent tells Agent Markham their location. He thinks they're running. Brian and Roman jockey for position as Roman does his iconic middle finger flip off where he also does like the spinning in a circle yeah, yeah, sort of thing. And they speed down Alligator Alley as the minute ends. So there's not a ton in here for me to do. The song Ride ends the deadly freeway race off the score begins. We get a classic through the engine shot that goes to the computer, which I'll talk about. Yes. But the only thing that I really found that I don't know if for sure this is confirmed, but there's a new sort of, or maybe she's in the background or whatever, a new agent in this movie. The woman on the phone. Yes. Okay. She is in Too Fast. She plays detective, I think, if this is the woman. Possibly Felicia Raffield, R-A-F-I-E-L-D. It's hard to confirm it's her because she has no IMDb picture. She's not been in a ton of things. I think I confirmed it's her by finding her obituary, which is very sad. Um, She died four years ago. But she's from Coral Gables High School, so it kind of makes sense that she'd be like in Florida. Kind of tracks, yeah. Right? Went to Syracuse University with a musical theater degree. I saw in the obituary, there was a nice note that in honored remembrance of her, if you attended a memorial service, please consider wearing any shade of pink, which is her favorite color. So Suki would fit right in there, which I think is very nice. Yeah. She's best known for playing her role of detective in this movie. She also played, uh, do you know the the show, the movie Run, Ronnie, Run, which is a sort of a spinoff movie from Mr. Show, which everybody hated. Like it just, it was a, it was a bomb I, it's it's funny, but it's just like it did not do what they wanted to do. Okay. Because there was a character on Mr. Show that David Cross played called Ronnie Dobbs. He was the most arrested man in history or most arrested man on TV. And they had made a whole movie about it. But she plays in this movie gay female military type. So she's not been in a ton of things, but she's in Mr. Okay. Show or in Ronnie Run, Ronnie Run. And the only other thing of note is that she was in two episodes of Miami Vice. And if you Google her name... The top hit is the Miami Vice wiki for her character that was in two episodes. So, like, the Miami Vice fandom, I guess, is fervent. Yeah. And so they, they SEO the shit out of her. But that's all I got. Also, if this isn't actually Felicia Rayfield, none of this matters. That's all, <laughs> I don't know. That's the best I got. But you said you found some cool things. So what did you find in minute 31? I did find some cool things. So, that like, you know, they're passing a bunch of cars. One of the things that I first noticed this time that I had never noticed before is the trucks that they're, like, splitting, like, mm-hmm. Roman at the end of this minute. One of them is a lumber liquidator's truck. Cool. And I was like, that's weird. I never noticed that before. But I got all, like, the trucks and figured out what they were, got the license plate for one, the number on the side for the other. We go through and we get to, like, the shot through the engine. It's hard to stop these movies especially because this thing's you know the shot through the yeah. engine is what two, two and a half seconds three seconds maybe and it's it's fast anyway like, i always had a I, in my mind i was like oh blu-ray the ultimate technology that like, you can pause on any frame <laughs> things being per, in crystal clear things no like, that's not how things work it, it's, it's really not, not. you yeah. guys you guys should honestly try like at one point to just like Try to read something in the background of one of these movies. Just like, because it's like, it's out of focus for like one second, and then it's only in focus for like a frame of a second. It's weird. Anyways, so we get through, and then you get to like, it goes through the engine, you're following these wires, but you get to the tracker in it, right? Because that, that becomes a very important part of the movie. Mm-hmm. I pause in there, and I found a resistor and the chip that they use in the tracker and put them in the cool. the document. Like, this, like, weird AMD chip that was out that they must have been using, but they used, like, real numbers and stuff of things 
so you can link to the resistor and chip that they used. Um, then they show the like the Skynet monitoring thing, and I got all the stuff that's on that, which I thought was kind of interesting because they like you know they they you know detectives on the phone, so detective is calling saying she's tracking them, and they show like the map of where they're driving and stuff like that. They call it Skynet, which I thought was interesting. I wonder if that's an actual brand or not, or is that just, or that's the that's the software on the computer? I don't know. It it just says United States Customs Service Skynet GPS monitor. That's what okay. it says. So I don't know if somebody was making a joke or if it is the thing. I could see it both ways. I didn't check. That was it, but I thought the chip things were pretty fun. I didn't check your question. What is your question for the minute? So we had something like this before, and I don't love it, but which speed below is the closest to the speed we see Brian and Roman driving as they race down Alligator Alley? Because they're doing between 125 and 130. We see that a couple times on screen. Ooh. I don't love it, but I think it's okay. We could do something about why must I chase the cat, but I also like that as a as a minute title. What's unique about the way that Roman flips off Brian, but... I don't know. Agent Dunn wearing a red and white checkerboard shirt that looks like a tablecloth. That could be a question. Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. Lumber liquidators. I, I think the thinking. question I have is like the best of a bunch of bad questions. I'm going to pitch this and I'm going to tell you why. I like the what gesture does Tyrese do to Brian because we also had that question earlier. What hand gesture does Roman give Fonzie? Yeah. So, yes. Okay. That's the only reason why I would say that because then when you're reading it, you're like, we, didn't we just have this question, but it's this, it's a different question? What hand gesture does Roman give to Brian as they race down Alligator Alley? We had the options we had before, a thumbs up, an index finger point, the finger, or the OK symbol. <laughs> yeah, and the same answers, too. Yes. Uh, I mean, that one should be pretty easy. That should be a gimme. But if you put it with the the other one... I didn't realize he did so many fucking hand gestures in this movie. You know, again, we were talking in the last episode about where does Vin end, Mark begin, Dom <laughs> yes, begin, whatever. Yes, yes. I feel like Roman and Tyrese are very similar, too. And just, yes. you know, if he's supposed to be on screen but doesn't have a line, like, yeah, I'm going to do something weird with my hands. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. What to, see? Now you get it. I don't know what to do with my hands. Uh, just put them by your side. Just. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> On that note, let's talk about what to do with our hands as we bring in Brian to talk about Ricky Bobby, Talladega Nights. Episode number 205, Talladega Nights, The Ballad of Ricky Bobby. This episode is brought to you by Jacobs Companies. What makes them unique? They recognize that risk is a fundamental component of innovation. Shout out to Jacobs Companies. Well, shout out to Jacobs Companies. Welcome back to Too Fast, Too Forever. We have our very own Ricky Bobby. We have Ricky Bobby Rodriguez. Hello, Brian. Hello, thank you for having me two weeks in a row, first of all, and yeah, happy to be here on my vacation, making time for you, so 
thank you. Well, you kind of bullied us into doing this. This was not on the original schedule. You were like, I thought I'd get to pick every lap. I said, Brian, that's not how this works. You know that's not how this works. I'm not having this argument again. You're like, well, I want to talk about Ricky Bobby. And I was like, all right, fine, whatever. We'll do it. That's not how it went down. It's basically how it went down. I said, oh, well, you have an omission of these 10 films that should be on the lap. I'm sorry. And And then you said I could do Ricky Bobby. So Herbie Fully Loaded got done anyway. So, you know. Yeah. yeah. This was the first time I'd ever seen this movie. I assume that you guys have both seen this before. So many this... times. <laughs> so many times. I didn't even need to watch it. I didn't even, you know, like I've seen it so many times that watching it felt re- like repetitive. Like I wasn't even paying <laughs> attention because I'd seen it so many times. So here's what I'm going to say. I'm surprised at how not funny it is. And I think that's not taste. We I... knew that was you were going to no, no, say no, 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 this. No. I don't think it's that. I don't think it's, I, it's partly that. But I think that the movie's not trying to be funny. Um, I don't know about that. <laughs> no, I think, I think that they're, I think that it's taking itself more seriously than I was expecting it to. Okay. I mean, it, yeah, I, uh, I guess. Well, my track record with comedies is pretty well established on this podcast. And yeah. a couple of years ago, I watched like all the big ones that I'd missed. And there were some Step that Brothers. I loved and some that I hated. And I love Step Brothers. So I oh, love these do? guys in certain elements. Okay. This did not work for me. I mean, this was part of the run where like, Will Ferrell was doing a bunch of like. First of all, you had Step Brothers with him and John C. Riley, but you also had like Blades of Glory. No, but that's after this. Yeah, I know, but I'm saying it's part of this run where yeah, he started the doing run. these these like sports ones. Yeah, what's the basketball one that came after? Yes, too? yes, Tropic Thunder or not Tropic Thunder? Fuck, well, it was. They were the Tropicals, but yeah, the Tropics. Oh, what is it? Uh, yeah, the Tropics. Damn, I like that. Se- movie well, he's se- semi pro. So semi pro. This kicks off that run because he does yes. this. Then Stranger Than Fiction, which does not fall into that thing, but no. then Blades of Glory, and then Semi-Pro, and then Step Brothers, which is, again, does not really quite fit into this thing. It doesn't in that realm, but it does in a sense of the John, well, yeah, I mean, John it's, C. Riley thing. It's Adam McKay thing. and yeah, John C. Riley exactly, and everything, yeah. right? I mean, like, I get that it's definitely dated, right? And, like, the nostalgia yeah, of it, and watching it, like, when you were in high school, and, like, all your friends just would quote it endlessly means a lot different than, like, watching it now for the first time. See, what's weird about that is that, you know, I had a lot of friends who quoted a lot of comedies, and those are kind of the ones that I watched. I've never been around people that, as far as I know, that have quoted this movie. You definitely have. You just didn't yes. realize it. Trust me. This is one of the most quotable one, comedies of that era. It was very, like, well-received in, like, again, a comedy sense, not an Oscar sense, obviously, but... People were talking about this movie when it came out. I And also, just looking it up quickly, because you know I do it, it got positive reviews. Not it like did? Su- yeah, 71% uh, critics, 73% by the audience. For a dumb-ass comedy, that's and really no, but good. But I, I, think, I think that goes into what I was saying before. Like, I think that it's trying to tell an actual, like, sports story and not just be joke, 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 which I kind of appreciate. Like, I, I'm not saying it's not trying to be funny as a negative. I'm saying it's not trying to be funny because there's it's, more it's substance trying... than you expected. Yes. Mm, okay, okay. And I think that especially early on in establishing, it's just it's it's all sort of justified. Like there's an actual story here. Like me not thinking it's funny is independent of that. Yeah. And like there are things there are things about this that I really think are funny. Like I love Walker and Texas Ranger. I think that those yeah. things are great. <laughs> I think that there's certain you know I, I I like Jane Lynch. Like I like characters in here. I don't know that, like, certain certain points, but I think there's a long stretch of this movie where, like, the Ricky Bobby character is just, like, uh, in a sports movie. Like, he's not in a comedy. And it's, it, it's, it sort of threw me for a loop. Well, there's a, there's a lot of uh, truth in what you're saying as well. I've mentioned this on a couple other 
random podcast how in this era these Ben Stiller, Will Ferrell, these like comedians would just sit down and watch a bunch of movies on the subject and then write the script. Uh, most famously, in Tropic Thunder, Ben Stiller pretty much watches... It's I don't know if he's ever said this. I just know it because I've seen all these movies. He watched like every Vietnam War movie, and there's pulled quotes from all those movies. There's even shots from all those movies in Tropic Thunder. This film, Talladega Nights, The Ballad of Ricky Bobby, is no different with that. He watched a ton of NASCAR movies. Joey, you probably saw some Days of Thunder in here. Sure. Um, and the weirdest, and I've never seen this written anywhere, but the weirdest, weirdest inspiration for this movie is a really crappy, rest in peace to the man, but really crappy uh, ESPN film when they did a couple films called Three, Three. The, Dale, yeah. Three the Dale Earnhardt Story. There are pulled quotes from that movie with Barry Pepper as Dale Earnhardt in this film. Like, if you ain't first, you're last is from that movie. And there's a couple <laughs> others. And it's obvious Will Ferrell, you know, is probably drinking some beers, researching, watching movies. Like, oh, fuck, that's great. That's fucking great, you know? <laughs> like, imagine if your dad told you this as a kid. And you're just like, yeah. I agree. I, I think that I do the same thing, Brian. I like to give them a lot. Like, I, I create my own backstory for a lot of these movies <laughs> that maybe maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. But you're like, yeah, you definitely were doing this. I know Well, this were. is like a different version of the cycle of what Adam Sandler is doing now on Netflix, where he's like, I want to do a movie in Africa. Like, I want a vacation in Africa. Let's just, like, write a movie yes. that takes place in Africa. <laughs> right? It's the same it is. idea that it's it's a funny, famous, powerful white man who's like, I want to do a movie about this. Give me $40 million to make this movie. And they're like... Yeah, okay. I appreciate the Will Ferrell um, in a sense that, like, yes, he, he 100% had that power, and he used it for fun shit, like that Lifetime movie. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. He did, or how about... he didn't a, learn any Spanish, and he just starts speaking Spanish. <laughs> Casa de mi padre. Yeah, Casa de mi padre. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, that's a, but that's a different movie. That's a different one, yeah. There's the Lifetime one with Kristen oh, Wiig. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. And then there's Casa de mi padre, but there's also that, like, um, the, the Spoils of Babylon. It was like an IFC yeah, those those are rough to get through. I did not. Those are like the the lampooning. Like it's it's so hard. And I'm not just saying for him, but I think it's so hard to like actually nail. Like parody is very difficult, as it we're is, learning yeah. sometimes in this lap. That when it's right, it's so good. And here, I think it's closer than a lot of the other things. But like spoils of Babylon, like I, it's it's I don't know, man. I, I like, agree with you, Joey, a hundred percent. But I think... A Deadly what, Adoption was the Kristen Wiig. Uh, yes. That's right. That's right. Sorry. I think Will Ferrell, compared to a uh, Adam Sandler, Will Ferrell knows that some of these things are going to bomb, but he just wants yes. to do it for almost like the artistic purposes of it. Like, there's no silliness in A Deadly Adoption. They play it so straight. but Because that's how Too you, straight. Too straight, but it's more about the art than... As weird as that sounds, it's more about the art than the ha-has of the laugh. Because no one goes back to that and be like, this is hilarious. Unless you're into Lifetime films and you're like, oh, I see what they're doing here. Spoils of Babylon, I don't know. <laughs> that that one's just wacky. <laughs> but like, what's, what's strange about A Deadly Adoption is that like you could watch, as as you've covered on High School Slumber Party and other podcasts on this fine network, you could watch like any actual Lifetime movie and they're probably more fun than A Deadly Adoption. Like... A Deadly Adoption aims to be no fun, and the fun that you have, because that, that's one that I watched, it's like, this is, like, I want to see what this is, and the only fun that there is in that movie is, like, oh, it's Will Ferrell doing this, but, like, it's not wacky enough. Yes, and only because you have the exposure to us 
talking about Lifetime movies so much that, like, if you had no exposure to Lifetime movies, you just only kind of knew of the idea of them, you might think it was funnier. But I think that Brian's more right that, like... No, but I mean, I watched that before, you guys. Like, it's not like yeah. you were my my gateway into Lifetime movies. Yeah, let's, yeah. Not, let's not get it twisted here. No, but I'm saying, but even still, you don't watch a ton of Lifetime movies, so, like, the tropes and no. stuff, like, you know them, but you never... Like, you never seek sure. out Lifetime to, movies. To a Will Ferrell fan, yes. that's a very funny movie. To anybody who's seen even one Lifetime movie, you're like, okay. Exactly. But also, like I said, like Brian said, and I think that this is the real point, is that Will Ferrell was making a run of these movies, and some of them did flop, like, really bad. Like, some of them just didn't hit. But, like, he knew that maybe half, like, 40% of them were going to be good. Like, somebody would like them, and then they just, like, all became cult classics because he was just, like, on this great run. So, I don't know why me and my friends love this one so much. Well, I think because it's a sports movie. I think it combines two things you like. Yeah, but, like, we're not NASCAR fans. It, like... But I, I think sports... I think sports movie as a genre sort of transcends the actual sport. Okay. Because I think that there is, like, a convention and a trappings that it's just, like worst to first or average guy becomes the Super Bowl champion or World Series champion or NASCAR winner or whatever. Like, I think think NASCAR people love this movie for obvious reasons, but I think that, like, if you just like sports, it it might not be the the sport you like, but yes, exactly. Yes, I agree with all that, and all sports movies are the same, but I think that this is a play on that as well, obviously. Well, I guess all sports comedies are the same in in that respect. But this is, if we want to talk like Will Ferrell hits and misses, this was considered a hit at the time, very much so. I feel like Joey. If maybe if you didn't like the movie, you must have liked the cast. There's some there's some Joey oh, yeah. favorites in here. Oh, I mean, I love the cast. I, I wish that Amy Adams had more of a role. Like she yes. was one where I was just like, oh, I I would like more of her, please and thank you. But I think her role is to be girl in the background. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but again, I, I like Gary Cole and Jane Lynch as the parents. Andy Richter. I wish he had like any lines basically at all. You know. <laughs> How about how about Leslie Bibb? You're a Leslie Bibb guy. I love Leslie Bibb. That's she's great. Kind of like an object in here, whatever. But that but that's that's a hundred percent intentional and and supposed to be that way. Like a NASCAR wife is the most stereotypical, sure, objectified wife. I think though, John C. Riley steals the movie for me every time. Like, oh my god, he gets me. It's it's like. <laughs> <laughs> to watch him do this, and then, like, when this is – what do we watch? Like, Magnolia, right? And you see John C. Riley play, like, a serious role, and I'm just like, I cannot unsee Dale and this. <laughs> like, every time he talks, I'm just like, shake and bake, right? Like, that's all I see coming out of his mouth. It's it's a very different experience. He definitely steals a show for me, too. He's I also so like uh, Jack McBrayer on yep. the pit crew. Yes, he yes, is, he's great. He's our first – one of our few uh, – too fast, too forever. Quiz crossovers. Yep. How furious are you? Uh, so furious he fakes his own death, just like smiling and giggling outside <laughs> the garage. Like there were moments I liked and I laughed at this, but I was just like, like I thought I would like it, not love it, but I kind of liked it less than I. Again, didn't hate it, but I would not watch this again. Like, did you like the big beats, like, like the six? Eight pounds, six ounce, baby G. Like, did you know all those quotes? Or <laughs> no, and that's what I'm no. saying. Like, I didn't have friends. That's quoting so those. weird. That's so yes. weird. So much. Like, like, I know. Like, everybody knows if you ain't first or last. Like, I, that's that's a fine. Given. Yeah, I'm talking about like the like the fun, like I like to picture my t- Jesus in a tuxedo T-shirt. No, and like the the don't put that evil on me. I say that to you so many times. Yeah, that's something that a lot of people say. Like, don't put that on me. Like, yeah, you know, don't put that evil on me. Yeah, like I say it all the time to you. Like whenever you do it, so. I guess they're not super memorable. Like, they're kind of just 
just random phrases that like if you watch the movie and heard them a million times yes but like otherwise they just sound like nonsense <laughs> this came out in 06 which i guess it's also kind of a like was this when in 06 does this come out brian do you know is this fall or is this spring Ooh, i don't know i don't think i even saw it in the theaters but they would like watch... i don't think i saw it in the theaters either Th- these were rental movies they would come out in the theaters people would watch them but i would i would usually wait for like the rental market and be like hell yeah we're watching this new will ferrell movie this came out august 4 2006 which is a weird time because that's the summer between my high school and college so like how, how well did it do money wise it made 160 million, which is pretty good. Pretty good. Seventy-two million dollar, seventy-two million dollar budget that would just which is for a comedy. That's very expensive. So, like, you know, you you are you advertise this movie, you market this movie. It doesn't make a ton of money then, because if you add more on top of the budget for marketing, like, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it it made its money back. I'm sure on DVD. There's also a weird thing that I saw on IMDb that. Uh, the first 400,000 PS3s that were sold included a Blu-ray of this that came out like a month before the DVD. Yes, so like, sure. yes. I, I, I had that Blu-ray. I remember now. that whew, It's all coming did back. Did you have a PlayStation 3 or did you buy the, the PlayStation 3 version of the movie? I don't know. I just, I no, I bought a PlayStation 3 and it came with a Blu-ray disc of the movie. Okay, so you did, so you got it the official free way. Free yes. way. Okay, yes. cool. That's actually pretty cool. Yeah, the free way by paying for the wildly expensive PS3 that was just like, people were like, how expensive is this? Okay. I was using it for other things. It was, I didn't buy it for Ricky Bobby. That would be sure. Yeah, <laughs> you were like, man, <laughs> this $400 copy of Ricky Bobby. A few other things I want to say from the trivia very quickly, because there's not a ton about here. Christopher Nolan loves this movie. He says it's <laughs> great. It's one of his favorite movies. So that sure, checks man, out. Whatever. That checks out. <laughs> <laughs> That's really awesome. NASCAR originally hated the title Talladega Nights, and I don't know why. I guess it's like implying that like stuff goes on behind. The, I don't know. Like it's That's it's an seems awesome to title. Be innocuous. It's an awesome title. Fuck that. Yeah, it, it's a really it's a really great title. Like, what else are you gonna call this? They they changed it to the production company High, Wide, and Handsome. Loud and Proud was considered. Then it became the original title. But like Loud and Proud, that sounds like a completely different movie. So <laughs> okay, so I know it's a different Brian. time. I know it's fifteen years ago. But if you're gonna like, if you're not gonna like certain things about this movie, the title is not the issue. Like, there's so much to be like. Oh, no. Do we want to put this out in the world? And the title is like the least of their. So I don't. I don't know. I, it's a strange thing. Yeah, I don't understand too. Like, and NASCAR. They're coming out of like a really hot time. Like, remember, everyone was talking about NASCAR, and this is like the tail end of that. But that's really stupid of them to just be like, you know what? You're going to make a whole movie about us, Will Ferrell, one of the top stars in Hollywood. Like, even if it's a comedy, yeah. Change the title. Like, whoa, come on. Well, especially <laughs> as the way that they sold this movie, which goes back to what we were saying before and this point, is six words Will Ferrell as a NASCAR driver. And they're like, yeah, cool. And then to not like that. I don't know. It's very strange because you're right, Brian. Like it feels like all the all the stars have aligned for this like ideal project of a movie, and then to be like, yeah, the title doesn't work. It's like what? What? Did Will Ferrell run promo at NASCAR for this movie? Like, yes. did they yes. let him like come yes. to like Talladega and like do it? Okay, cool. They did a lot of promo around this movie with him in character, Wonder Bread and Perrier, like the big sponsors yeah. on the yeah. cars. They weren't they weren't charged like the their thing was they would just do free advertising for this. So like a lot of the sponsorship, a lot of this, like this seems like it just got out into the world and I think went kind of viral in the world of NASCAR in terms of just like drivers liking it for obvious reasons. Will Ferrell showing up like on podiums and things and just doing that. So, yeah, exactly what you think would they would have done. It seems like they actually did do. 
Makes sense, because, like, I, I wasn't paying attention to NASCAR, so, yeah, that makes sense. Perfect. Good job, guys. Cal, Ricky, and Gerard, who are Will Ferrell and uh, John C. Riley and Sasha Baron Cohen, were introduced during driver introductions of the 2005 UAW Ford 500 at Talladega Nights, or at Talladega, not Talladega Nights, hell, <laughs> yeah, at <yeah>. Talladega. <laughs> Uh, Ricky and Cal were cheered, but when Gerard was introduced as a driver from France on a carrying car, <laughs> the entire crowd started booing without any prompting. It's like, yeah, okay, low-hanging fruit. Like, I get it. People don't like French people, but right? this so. is so uh, – it reminds me of, like, the Colbert Report, right? Like, when Stephen Colbert started doing that shit. Yes. Uh, liberals liked it because it was mocking conservatives, but conservatives liked it, too, because it was – I don't know. Like, it also kind of spoke to them, right? Yeah. yeah it, was fu- it was funny. Na- like, this movie is ripping NASCAR culture a little bit at times. I mean, a lot at times. But also, I know NASCAR people really love this movie. And that's good that if you could laugh at yourself a little bit. But the French thing is so indicative of that. Like, Will <laughs> yeah. Ferrell literally sat down and said in 2006, which obviously was that year, 2005, 2006, whenever he wrote it, what would the driver that NASCAR fans would probably hate most? Now, he couldn't make it a minority because obviously that would be really bad, but hey, yeah. gay, gay, French, well, gay French man. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's a, it's a different kind of minority. He's just not a person of color. But yes. like every other box is checked, right? It's yeah. like... And a part of the fun, yeah, like, look, you couldn't make a movie like this today, or you shouldn't. No. It's super homophobic no. in that way. But it's also poking fun of how homophobic NASCAR yes, fans yes. are. So, so yeah, there was there was a moment very early on where Sasha Baron Cohen shows up, and I'm like, "Is this movie like secretly like super progressive?" And I'm like, "Yeah, like, no, it kind of like, is." For a minute, I'm like, "Yeah, maybe," and then I'm like, "Oh wait, no, it's not. Like, it could be." And I think it if it if it doesn't have to change a lot to be to be like that, but I think overall, nope. No, no, you you couldn't call it that, but it kind of is because you know Will Ferrell. He's a Hollywood elite. He's a progressive guy. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. There is a tongue-in-cheek, again, like the ju- – yeah, when the, he shows up in the jukebox scene, it's like, oh, why do you have the jazz song? I'm not going to do the accent. It's like, a, for profiling reasons. We also have the Pet Shop Boys and Seal. There's so many jokes in this movie that still get me, and, like, I know them every time. Like, like Rachel was opening the fridge today, like, while they were doing, like, the first grace at meal at the meal, and she kept, like, watching the TV. Like, she wasn't looking in the refrigerator, because, like, even though she knew the jokes, she was still waiting for them. That well, gets And, and saying time. grace to weird things is very Fast and Furious. Very true. It is. It is. Yeah, there's lots of weird stuff. The, I, actually, something that I pointed out from Fast 9 before... I only noticed this in this movie because we were talking about it in Fast 9, and I caught it last time we watched it. The car numbers in Fast 9 are 1327, like the house, right? So, like, now I'll never forget that. Sure. like, those are intimately linked. In this movie, his dad's car is 13, and his NASCAR is 26, so it's 1326, mm. not 1327. And I was like, that's fucking weird that they're just, like, one number off of what it would have been. And obviously this movie came out way before... Fast Nine did, but also like I don't think you were. They were thinking about thirteen twenty. I think. Yeah, they, I wonder. Like that seems like a coincidence, but like it's too close to be like an actual coincidence. It's just that's just very. It's very weird. It's very very weird. Wait, I have one more bit of trivia. It's not really. It's kind of trivia, but we talked about it a little bit before. Brian mentioned Days of Thunder, which we talked about on the Herbie Fully Loaded episode. No, on the Red Line episode, because in Red Line, the bad Red Line, the live action Red Line. Uh, she sees that picture of her dad crashing and like it's Cole Trickle's car, it's Tom Cruise's car. So yes. Tom Cruise, a NASCAR driver in that movie. Go check out Cruise Club if you want to hear us talk about that. But John C. Riley on his pit crew in that movie. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, oh, right. is he? I forgot yeah. about that. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> so John C. Riley's in like a couple Tom Cruise movies. Yeah. 
and a couple NASCAR movies, and one that is both. That's crazy. <laughs> wild. That is, yeah, that is wild. Is it, does he act anymore? Has he been in anything recently? Uh, he and Will Ferrell were in that Holmes and Watson movie that came out a couple years ago. Oh, that that's was right. Apparently terrible. Yeah. But they're was, just uh, he's fun. oh he's in the new he's in Licorice Pizza coming out but I mean that's a uh, Paul that's, Thomas Anderson movie yeah. so if he was going to be in that I don't know how big of a role he looks like he's eighth build but he was in you know Ralph breaks the internet he's oh, doing that's right, something that's right, that's he's right. not he was doing he was doing um all the Wreck It Ralph stuff that's right he was in uh, the first Guardians of the Galaxy did have you guys seen his son no who's his son his son is like a hot gay thirst trap that Instagram loves and he doesn't look oh, a really? thing like him yeah look look up John C Riley's son he's like love Leo. Yeah, that's that's what he's known as. Turns out John C. Riley's son is a model, a musician, and very, very hot, says HuffPost. <laughs> he, he doesn't look a thing like him, in my opinion. Uh, you can I you can see uh. like I think knowing he's related, I'd be like, oh yeah, I see it. But like, if you were like, who's this guy related to? I'm like, I <laughs> have no fucking idea. Singer and TikTok creator. Wow. Wrote songs Boyfriend and Rosie. So can I say my favorite Talladega Nights moment? Please, please just keep, please go through. That we haven't, that we haven't already talked about, obviously. Because, like, the, the toast scene's amazing. We know that. Yeah. I like, though, again, a lot of these are going to be John C. Riley. I like the fact that um, when the team owner uh, promotes John C. Riley to top driver, and he ends up marrying Will Ferrell's ex-wife. Yeah, and, he just immediately. Immediately, <laughs> and they walk. Yeah, they he when Will Ferrell walks in, and then they're like playing. Is it Django with the family? Yes, like, Django. <laughs> yes, yes. And he's just like acting. It's like you know, your marriage was a sh- a hollow shell, a cruel charade. You know, like. <laughs> but I like it because it leads to one of my favorite scenes is when he calls him. Yep. To ask, to ask, yep. the yeah, night. Yeah, the middle of the night to ask how the TV like works, and he keeps like bringing him back into it. Like, <laughs> The outtakes in this movie, like, that's, I think that they just have too much fun, like, doing these, because, like, you even see it, like, like, they usually run these in the credits, but, like, at the end, like, at the end of the movie, when they do all the, like, the fake sponsorships and stuff, like, those are great. Like, there's has to be so many times that, like, this is just completely improv right? Like, the, oh, like, yeah. And, Joe, you bring up a really good point uh, for comedies in this era. We talk about it a little bit on my podcast, High School Slumber Party. Um, with the, the podcast where you and some friends look at back at your teenage years <laughs> yes. and lend some iconic high school-centric films. Well, You're Brian Rodriguez, and the party's at your place this evening. But first, school is still in session. In class, I, I love ran out of it. School <laughs> session. And we've got some homework to chat about. Sorry, there we go. Thank you, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Maybe you can be the substitute teacher. <laughs> no, I'm the principal. I'm established as canonically the principal. You're canonically the principal slash yeah. the heel in a lot of podcasts. <laughs> So yes. So if I'm if I'm a substitute teacher, I come in when like when they're like, all right, the actual substitute teacher's on the way here, it's but like there's like exactly. twenty yeah. it's like a twenty minute gap where like somebody needs to be in front of these kids. So like yeah, I, I can do an intro, but I can't be your actual substitute teacher. Anyway, go ahead. Fair, fair. Um so the sex comedies of the early two thousands would always have a the theatrical version and be like, Oh, here's the unrated version. Yep. Wacky comedies of this era were no different. The, like, the unrated version of this film, or just, like, it's not even, like, raunchy or anything, but just, like, the unrated version of this film and the theatrical version have different jokes, longer jokes. So sometimes you'll hear people quoting something that's not the theatrical version. You're like, what? Tropic Thunder, again, is a movie that's like that, that the theatrical version and the uncut version or director's cut version are yeah. very... Even the music they use in scenes is completely different. And this is no different. There's, like, a lot of what you're talking about, Joe, 
is yeah. actually put in that extended edition that a lot of people know uh, more than the theatrical version. Yeah, because like you said, and like I think too, that I think a lot of people mostly watch this. Oh, wait. So, okay. I only watched a theatrical version. I did not watch the unrated version. Interesting. I mean, maybe you like the, I get it. Maybe you like Well, the so the theatrical version. version is the one that's on Netflix, which is where I watch this. That's yeah, 108 I watched it on minutes. Netflix this time, too. There's the yeah. unrated version, which is 14 minutes longer. It's a two-hour and two-minute movie, which I can tell you I already that I will probably not like more. Maybe. I don't know. That's a long... That's 15 minutes. No, I watched a two-hour and two-minute movie version on Netflix today. Maybe the jokes are different then. Maybe it's not necessarily longer, because I've seen that, too. Like, again, on... Uh, like American Pie, right? Like that is almost the same runtime, but the angles are different, the jokes are different. Joe, if you watch it on Netflix, it, it's hour forty-seven. I just checked it again. Maybe I searched it on Fire TV and it said two hundred two, but when I clicked Netflix, it played one forty-seven. I don't know. There's our there's the great site moviecensorship dot com where we check for like Fast and Furious things, but regarding the movie, it can be observed that. It's obviously produced for an intended PG-13 rating, and a few scenes are slightly overshot. They were now inserted, reinserted into the unrated version. Numerous extended scenes and additional storyline elements which aren't always necessary and, again, make the movie a little too long, especially the recurring part where Ricky over and over that he's not friends with Cal anymore and the scene on Gerard's residence unnecessarily slow down the movie. Opposite of this, the prolonged argument in the bar as well as two additions in the hospital and the hilarious scene with the rabbits on the racetrack. I definitely didn't watch that in the Netflix version today. If both were available to me for free, I would have watched the longer one. Yeah, exactly. But the one on Netflix is the theatrical version. So, so, so Netflix traditionally has the theatrical versions, which I don't know if I've heard it when this one, because I don't think people are caring enough to talk about it. But I know in other movies, people have been like, hey, where was that scene? Netflix cut it out. And Netflix has to like release a statement being like, like no, we didn't cut it out. This is just the theatrical <laughs> version. There's a funny movie like that. It might be like a walk to remember where people were like, wait a minute. That's not how it ends. And Netflix had to be like, no, that is how it ends. You're thinking of the extended DVD cut, which we don't have the rights to. Well, so I'm trying to, you know, speaking of a walk to remember, I spent I spent most of the movie. That's an exaggeration. Some of the movie. <laughs> trying to figure out what I knew the race owner from, the actor Greg German, who's the one hanging out with Molly Shannon on the movie. Yes. And I think, and this makes no sense in my brain, even though it's a movie now I've seen three times at least, I think I just know him from Sweet November, the Charlize <laughs> Theron and Keanu Reeves movie. Maybe. Because, like, I he's most known for Ally McBeal, which I've never seen. No. I, I looked through his IMDb. I'm looking at his wiki now. Like, he he's a guy who, or maybe he might just be the, oh, that guy who, like, he pops is. up on things. Yeah. But I was like, I feel like I know, like, I really know him. Like, I'm like, oh, he's, like, sixth build on a TV show I've seen. That's not, that's not the case. I think it's just from Sweet November, where he plays, I don't even remember who he plays, but I, I think he's, he a, plays he's either, a fairly, yeah. he's not even in the plot summary. What the fuck? <laughs> he's, like, fourth build on a wiki. He's not even in the plot summary. What did you say his name was? Greg German, with two N's. Greg German, I don't know. He does look very familiar, though. I had the same kind of feelings. Like, he felt like he's... In a comedy show that I've watched that was yeah. like, a, a, like a sitcom. And not like the star, but like no. the best friend or something. Like somebody's dad, something like that. Yeah. yeah. No, that's not the case. <laughs> <laughs> 60 episodes of Grey's Anatomy. Like he's done a lot of things a lot of for TV. a lot of shows. A lot of TV, yeah. But not the shows that I've seen. I looked up what that big controversy was when it was on Netflix, not currently on Netflix. And it's The Notebook. The version of The Notebook on Netflix <sighs> was a theatrical version most people have the DVD, and they were confused about the some differences in the ending, and Netflix was like, we buy theatrical versions. And that's not the only movie that they do that for. So 
listeners out there, if you're ever like, wait a minute, I remember something different. So I've seen both versions recently of Talladega Nights, somewhat recently. There's this line when they look at the engine uh, on the rebuilt car, like the car with the cougar on it. One of them, one of them says it looks like the Pet Boys threw up, and one of them doesn't. Oh, that that's like an example, like out there. Like, okay, it's tough. Like I think comedies and horror movies generally are better shorter. Yeah, not always. Tighten it up, but usually. Yeah, I agree. And if you really like it, then you watch the extended version. And you're like, oh, there was some funny stuff in there, but it's it doesn't make like a huge difference. I agree. The only thing that I think trips people up is when you saw the extended version first and you fall in love with it. Sure. I, well, yeah. I, yeah. I think that's probably – I think whatever version you, you see first, I think it's probably going to be the one you like more, hmm. I think. It's weird. Like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Um you really random, but you know what's the weirdest like version of that? Um, what's this movie called? Wanderlust. Have you guys seen Wanderlust? It's like a yes. He has he did a cut of that movie, which I've only seen once. That's literally every shot and every line is different. It's the same plot, but they just use an alternate take in every single scene, and it's like, it's like really trippy. So yeah, I mean, I think in comedies you just let people riff. You, you see right. what happens, and you could probably cut it 20 different ways if you wanted to. Well, I feel like this is – so in the in the world of comedies, there's like Christopher Guest things where they have like an 18-page treatment or whatever, right? Where it's like each scene is kind of like the goal of each scene, but they don't really actually dialogue. Here, I would imagine like maybe 60%, 70% of the movie is written, and then the other yeah. 30 or 40 is in, is improv. But like this is – I think because of the budget especially, it's like this is – we can't go wildly off script. And like, you know, if, if Will's feeling frisky that day or whatever, like they'll go a little bit crazier, but I think mostly this is going to be like sort of the, the loosest you can go on like a big movie The every, every shot, every scene, every line or whatever being different is wild. Yeah. I don't even remember what that wanderlust cut is, but just the idea that they can do that, like with the extra stuff is amazing to me in terms of just things I liked. I liked my concho, uh, his, John C. Riley's my concho story. That he, he spread his. <laughs> they butt call cheek. that sorry. They call that the Bizarro cut. Okay, the Bizarro cut. <laughs> he said it's made up of almost entirely material that's not to be found in the quote real version of the film. It's alternate lines, jokes, deleted scenes, outtakes, stuff that was too silly, too absurd. Yeah, it is like a wackier version. It's a less cohesive version, but it's the same things happening. Um, yes. So weird. My concho, the Magic Man. Most of my things are Cal Newton Jr. stuff. I'm not yeah, gonna lie. That's, that's okay. <laughs> I, I love Gary Cole, obviously. Oh, you know who I really like? And she, she's just brief, but like Molly Shannon as the race own, uh, team owner's drunken wife. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yes. Yes. She's so just like, she like hates him. And she, oh, she, she, he goes, she, rec- she recently had a loss, like as a way, sorry, as a way to like excuse her eccentric behavior. Like, <laughs> like, I like that she got off to the vibration of the race cars. Yeah. Like she's like of using the, the track car, to yeah. masturbate. <laughs> And she like she'll, she'll just kiss that old dude just like for no reason. Yeah, she's great. <laughs> two two other. I like the physical comedy in, uh, in a lot of scenes, but when, when um, I know it's homophobic, but when uh, Sasha Baron Cohen's character Jean Girard says like, if, "If you kiss me, I'll just leave right now," and Will Ferrell's like stepping up to him, like he's like, "I'll never do that," but like he's trying to almost kiss him, like to get out yeah. of it. <laughs> but the hat. Like the bill of the hat yeah. isn't too far apart. <laughs> on, yeah. a te- on a technicality, I like that. I also like, uh, for whatever reason, when like Will Ferrell shows up at Jean Girard's weird compound, that like Moe's deaf and El- Elvis Costello are there. Like, why? 
just little silly things like that. And I, I did want to bring up fast connection wise, right? Like I feel Go like ahead. I have a bunch. Well, I feel like more and more now the series is acknowledging it's organized racing past, right? Like, especially in the last one, F9, we actually yeah. saw like real scenes from the track and stuff. So this is not that far removed. I mean, this is organized racing and there's fights and stuff. And, uh, I felt closer to the Fast and Furious than I ever have while watching this on this time. Yes, with the dad, with the now shots of Dom's father at the racetrack. Mm-hmm. I agree. I absolutely agree. I had so many fashion, fast connections and things that we talk about. But so like, many? I, I mean, a few, a few. Okay. More than I, I expected saying, to have, that, even like, for a car movie like at this. At a certain point in this movie, I was like, let me just look for those. And I like, I largely came up empty. So I'd love to hear what you found. When he has the cast and he tries to cut it off. And I was like, oh, yes. he could flex this off yes. and just totally be the rock right yes, now. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. He's very I wrote close. That down. Something that we were talking about a lot. He was like, <laughs> I like to imagine my Jesus as a ninja fighting evil samurai. I was like, oh, we did the whole lone wolf and cub thing. That's great. When he fakes his death. I was like, that's a very Fast and the Furious thing to do, to, like, fake a death for motivation for a race. And then he's just like, oh, no, he's alive. Like, they would have waited a movie to bring him back, but he would just, like, he was just alive right there. When, at the end, when they're like, this is, like, the longest crash ever. And I was like, oh, that <laughs> happens in Fast and the Furious all the time. But then they, like, take, like, a commercial break in between the crash while it's still, like, flipping in slow motion. You know, that's reminiscent of Bill and Ted... Bill and Ted's bogus journey where they fall to hell and they fall for like so long that like the the, the commercial they Start take a commercial break in yeah. the movie. Oh, I forgot they take a as they're falling. That was all and I don't know I think I just saw this from the special features at the time, but that was also an in joke as NBC had a, had started to cover NASCAR around then. And there okay. was there were like NASCAR squares according to like the NASCAR fans, and they didn't understand the sport. And they would cut to commercials at the worst possible time. So, <laughs> so if you're like a NASCAR fan watching it at the time, you were like, "Oh yeah, of course NBC would cut there." Sorry, I did the accent. That was stereotypical. <laughs> <laughs> there are northern NASCAR fans. There are fans of NASCAR across the country, not just in the south. That's just the heartland of NASCAR. How would you edit? Be an editor for this sport if you like had never watched it. Right? Like, it would be really hard to be like, this is an important part, or this is a non-important part. You know? You'd be like, I don't know. Well, because it's the same thing, like, why I used to love soccer when I was growing up, even though I didn't actually like soccer, is because soccer, when you were looking for bottom line, like, before the internet, like, I was at my grandparents' house, and, like, I got to see, like, baseball scores. You would watch, like, a soccer, <laughs> hope, like, soccer was on ESPN, too, because it'd be 45 minutes uninterrupted, basically, yep. with no commercials. And so, it's just, like, I don't, I don't know, what you, you, you can't take a break there, right? Like, you can't put a commercial break in the middle of a half, so I don't know what you do in a, in a NASCAR race. Americans are the worst with this stuff. We... Football, there's again, we all so love it. So many commercials, yeah. so many commercials, and it's made for commercials. That's why it makes money. Uh, uh-huh. But I've been recently trying to like watch some Formula One races because it's cool. Nine yeah. ninety minutes is the average. It's not allowed to go over two hours. No commercials. Perfect. Fucking love awesome. It. So what do they do? Do they run like? I guess well, the whole track is sponsored and yeah, and commercials. Are impro- I mean, there might maybe they run one, but. Uh, if I it's early in the morning, so I don't remember, but uh, they might run like those side kind of commercials. Yeah, you know? that's what I was guessing too. It's not about like that's awesome. Like I wish all sports were just ninety minutes and action packed. Like man, yeah, yeah, soccer exactly. It was, like the Europeans got that right at least. Yeah. You know, honestly, I'm surprised that it took the NFL as long as it did to be like, oh, during a thirty second timeout, we can show another commercial. Yeah, let's do that. Like in the like screen, came, yes, yeah, like a year or two ago. It's like, oh, you could have been doing this for like a decade. For sure. Right? For so, sure. Uh, do either of you want to guess my favorite quote in this movie? 
No, because it's not going to be any of the ones that I imagine it is. Or, like, that I would think was... Um, hmm. Is it from the foodie film scene at Applebee's when they're all... <laughs> no, but it is, a, it is a foodie film scene. Huh. Is it Walker, Texas Ranger, and not D- Dr. Quinn, Medicine Woman? Is that it? <laughs> no, but it is one of those characters. I also will say that, you know, this is a, a, sort of a fast connection is that Olive Garden, when you hear your family, this is, this is an Applebee's movie, so it's close. <laughs> not quite, but it's close. Have you guys – okay, wait. wait. I, so, so I'm obviously not on TikTok at all because I'm old. You are younger than I am, but go on. You're younger than both of us. Immensely old. The, they have this, like, Applebee's commercial now, and there was this, like, song. Do you know this, like, Applebee's song? Like, like, oh god, it's a dark hole. But there's this song that, like, is like, it's something about taking a date to Applebee's because it's like a classy restaurant and it's like satire. Is it fancy like? Fancy like, yes. This, this is it. So it's a real song. It's not a parody song. It is a real song that I think was parody and then became like a TikTok viral thing, and then now Applebee's uses it in their commercials of Applebee's doing. Like, people doing the dance that was the TikTok dance. Sure. Yeah, this blew my mind. And, like, I, I was like, Rachel, like, why did they make this? Like, why did Applebee's make this stupid song? She's like, <laughs> no, the song existed. And I was like, so Yeah, why? they're just trying to get Gen Z kids to, like, door dash from Applebee's. Like, that's all. I that's guess. the only reason they're putting that in a commercial. It's so weird. It's so weird. Anyways, the song's terrible, and the commercial's terrible, too. This is how the song starts. My girl is banging. She's so low maintenance. Don't yep. need no champagne popping entertainment. <laughs> yep. Take her to Wendy's. Can't keep her off me. She want to dip me in, like, she want to dip me like them fries <laughs> yep. in her frosty. <laughs> yep. yep. And then oh the chorus God. is, yeah, we fancy, like, Applebee's on a date night. Got yep. that Bourbon Street steak with the Oreo shake. <laughs> yep. Got some yep. whipped cream on the top, two, Two straws, one check, girl, I got you. <laughs> Bougie like Natty in the styrofoam. Squeaky squeaking in the truck bed all the way home. Yep. With some Alabama jamma, she might Dixieland, Dixieland delight. Hey, that's how we do, how we do fancy like. It's the song equivalent of this movie. Like, <laughs> it's, like, satire about... A group of people that then were like, yeah, we like that satire about us. And you're like, weird. Joey, what's your favorite quote? I'm dying to know. Well, I will get there in one second. But <gasps> in, in <sighs> the um, in the With Bob and David sort of Mr. Show semi-reboot that was on Netflix a couple of years ago, they did, a, they did a music video for the song All I Need. And it was just all about like, you know, all I need is boots, flags, booze, church, family ribs, beer, football, and American pride. But like the whole thing was just like, <laughs> I love you to send me a truck for free, Ford. It's just like all these like, <laughs> all this, this guy, whoever, who who sings this song? He's a real person that made out of songs. Walker Hayes probably was just like, you know, at, at least at his local Applebee's is going to get like free Applebee's from it. You know what I mean? Like I was saying about you or whatever, right? <laughs> My favorite line in this movie is when they're at dinner and he's praying to baby Jesus about, you know, whatever. And that's where we get in the fight. Golden-haired, sweet baby Jesus, yeah. But one of the sons says, Chip, I'm all jacked up on Mountain Dew. (laughs) That was it? That was what got you? Yeah, I love it. Because I feel like a lot of the... Like, I've seen the types of characters Will Ferrell's playing, that John C. Riley's playing. Like, Sasha Baron Cohen is basically playing a type of character that Seth MacFarlane plays in Logan Lucky. I mean, this came first, but it's the same kind of, like brash cocky outsider whatever like that's all thing but like these kids man and like at the end when they have the book club with jane lynch they're talking about like what the red badge of courage or whatever actually means <laughs> yeah. yeah i just love those kids but yeah chip i'm all like just the delivery too like man i just i very much enjoyed it i'm gonna come at you like a spider monkey that one was like super, yeah, that's the same scene yep. mm-hmm. but that that one was like one that like fucking everybody said i don't th- and i've never heard that or didn't stick with me like that's what i'm saying like i don't think i had friends who like 
love this. Like, because in high school, like everybody was like into Napoleon Dynamite, and I'm like, oh, I don't want to watch this for that reason. And then I eventually watched it. I was like, I can't finish this movie. Like that is yeah, very much not ruined. my speed. But that was a movie that like everybody quoted. This I don't think was the case, and I think it might just be because it came out in when I was changing you. groups of friends, essentially. Yep. Right? Makes sense. Yeah. Joe, any other notes? Brian, any other notes? No, I, I wrapped them all up. Yeah, I mean... Uh, I do love this movie. I'm glad Brian picked it. I, I watch it quite a bit. Well, Brian and... didn't really pick it. He just bullied us into <laughs> it. <laughs> well, I'm glad Brian bullied us into watching it. I'm glad you finally saw it, just because like, now you just expand your your pop culture-ness. Let me have this one. I'm banned from the next lap, apparently. So <laughs> let, let, let me have this one. What movies are you doing next lap? You're doing two movies with us. Hold on. Oh, no. You're doing Zero. a Patreon bonus episode, and you're going to be on a regular Fast and Furious episode. You're fine. You're not banned. You just can't pick one. There's a pa- Oh, so you're going to just assign me to a Patreon bonus episode. Brian, you like uh, being behind Joe the paywall did. anyways, bro. Uh, did I? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, it's it's an it's going to be a, a second. It's, a, it's an annual tradition now in the second year After next year. Dark. It's the only one that I knew from that list. Now I remember. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's watch the trailer. So this is posted by our boys. Movie Clips Classic Trailers has 150,000 views, which feels way low for this. But it was posted just four years ago. So, I mean, who knows? You know why I also think it's so low is because I think people just search their favorite scenes. Yeah, maybe. Like, nobody watches the trailer. Everybody's just like, oh, what's like Talladega Nights blah, blah, blah scene? Okay. Talladega Nights, The Ballad of Ricky Bobby, 2006 official trailer, one Will Ferrell movie, three, two, one, play. Born in a car. Yeah, he just wants to go fast. I liked him also stealing her car when he was like eight or whatever and using the broom to accelerate. Yeah, I did like that scene when he's like... Walker, Texas Ranger, and of course my smoking wife, Carly. Leslie Bibb from The Babysitter, right, Brian? Yes, that's how I knew you liked her. Also, we have a lot of different things that I like her in. <laughs> oh, I like that he signed Amy Adams' forehead. She's like, no, 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 it's me. Yeah. Like, oh, right. Yeah, sorry. Signing mode. Jean Gerard. I like when he comes up and he goes, when he said Formula Un today, I lost it. <laughs> like, just <laughs> Formula Un. <laughs> From the guys who brought you <laughs> and the forty-year-old virgin, the doctor told us. There you go. There you go. They got it. Yeah. I am so paralyzed. You want to see what my life is? Oh, we got Michael Clark Duncan, who we have not mentioned, who's very good in his like what he's he amazing. needs to do. Like, yeah, he's amazing. Him cutting the knife out with another knife was pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Will Ferrell. Ricky Bobby is not a. He's great. This isn't the greatest trailer, though. It's got funny scenes, but it's just like... Yeah. No, but this is also, like, the easiest movie to market, because it's just like, oh, you like Will Ferrell? Here's a new Will Ferrell movie. Both of them. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. They're showing, like, a lot of Will Ferrell shots, some that aren't even in the movie. I think one of the reasons I didn't love this movie is just because, like, I feel... And, like, I'm not... I'm not, like, drawing a hard and fast line in the sand, but, like, I just think that, like... 
there's a lot of like male energy and i just think that like jenna like i like the, my favorite actors in this movie are like amy adams and leslie bibb and i'd rather see more of them you know and, like, and that's not what this movie's trying to do right so no it's not their target demographic oh i love this crystal gale shirt that's cool oh cougar yeah all right <laughs> yeah that's again that's not like the trailer would have seen the movie no matter what yeah, yeah exactly exactly it's almost like they just could have put a poster out and people would have watched the movie anyway. All right, the Letterbox game. So for reference sake, Mad Max, Fury Road, one of the most popular films on Letterbox, <sighs> and seen by 905,000 people. Talladega Nights, colon, The Ballad of Ricky Bobby, 2006, directed by Adam McKay, starring Will Ferrell, John C. Riley, Sasha Baron Cohen, Gary Cole, and Leslie Bibb, has been seen by how many people? Oh, it got to be monstrous number. 450,000. I'm going to go... 800,000. You're both way too high. 10,000. <laughs> 220,000. Somewhere between, one more guess, between 20 and 220. Uh, 100,000. 150. 136. 136,000 people Past guest of both of our shows, Awesome Love Something gave it four and a half stars. Uh, past guest of both our shows, Cara Gale can gave it one and a half stars. So <laughs> That checks out. Out of, out of those 136,000 people, how many have this in their top four? And you know that there's at least one because the line was like, uh, can someone tell me how this works? I just want to get grilling or whatever, which I really wish that they had a better top four, but they did not. So how many people have this in their top four favorite movies of all time? 200. <sighs> Nah, it's a ton. That's way too many, I think. I think I'm going to go, like, 15. 50. Uh, Brian's first close uh, guess was closest, but you're still too low. 200? More than 200? Where, where too low at that? Okay. 500. Nah. No, you were, you were close. I said you were close. Oh, Don't go. Okay. 225. Yeah. 227. Okay, 227 okay. That's a, that's people. A ton. No, I felt like that. I felt like that's right. Yeah. I looked through probably like 120 of these because i'm just like <laughs> i can't find any that are like even remotely fun to play i found three that are like the closest that i can get so pick a number one two or three we're gonna play one of those two we're going to justin joyce at or justin at justin joyce okay here we go this is this is a good one uh the last movie you saw f9 three stars was excited to see the newest installment of my favorite movie franchise i thought there was no way they could top the previous film I was right. Very predictable and very unrealistic. I mean, even more than the others, the movie wasn't great, but it was for sure entertaining. Three out of five on the grounds that I still enjoyed it despite its downfalls. I'm only reading that because it's about F9, also because he did not review Talladega Nights. So (laughs) it's his fourth favorite movie of all time, but Justin did not review Talladega Nights. But his top three are all three huge movies, including his number one movie from his favorite franchise. Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. No. The first one. No. Uh, Furious 7. No. Fast Five. Yes. Okay. Okay. Fast Five, number one, Talladega Nights, number four. Now, these other two, I would say, have nothing to do with either of those movies. One I know we have had before. The other one I don't think we've ever had before, which actually kind of surprises me that we've never had this other movie in the top four. The first one, I will say, is one of, I think, three movies ever to win the big five Academy Awards which I'm guessing Brian might know the answer to this, Uh, but best picture, best director, best actor, best actress, and best screenplay. There's only been three movies ever, and I gave this clue the last time, and it still took you and whoever the guest was forever to get it, and I still don't think you got it. 
from the nineties. Oh, from the nineties. And the other one is from the eighties. Okay, so this one. The one from the nineties that won the Big Five Academy Awards has been seen by nine hundred thousand people. The one from the eighties has been seen by four hundred thousand people. Okay, so I know I'm gonna take a stab in the dark because I know it's that... not Mad Max Fury Road. No, that's no, from like five years ago. That's not from '91 or '87. So just, I know, I know Hanks, I know Hanks and Zumeckis won for Forrest Gump. So I'm gonna say Forrest Gump. No, no, okay, that wasn't a fiver. No, I don't know what that won. Because I know Zumeckis and Hanks, and it won Best Picture. So I just don't know. It won Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor. Best screenplay, it was not nominated for Best Actress. Oh. oh, okay. I wasn't thinking about that. That's a good call. Jessica Lang won that year for Blue Sky. Gotcha, gotcha. I will say, though. Oh, oh not... da, 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 da. Silence of the Lambs, right? Yeah, Silence of the okay, Lambs, right. 1991. Okay. Yes, that's major trivia. There. So that, that's one that we had before. This other one is a huge movie. Okay. That's 80s. 80s. That I think maybe, possibly, Brian, could qualify for your show. I don't know that it, like, it largely doesn't, but in a sense, not the right sense, but in a sense, the main character might be in high school. I don't know. But the movie's not about him. Have I covered this film in any No, I don't know I don't know that I don't know that it would qualify. You have not covered this film. That's no, what I'm saying. I think like, it, I it could okay. it could technically More clues, more clues. So okay, so two actors in it. One was in Forrest Gump, and one was a director that I mentioned earlier. Nineteen eighty seven, four hundred thousand people have seen it. It's in 7,000 people's top four, which is why I'm surprised. 7,000 people's top four. Mm-hmm. 1987 was a big year for films. So like for, you know, Silence of the Lambs, 12,000 people. Ricky Bobby, 200 people. Yeah, but this is 4,000. Yeah. Genres, this is going to give it away. What? There's five genres. I will I will slowly work my way up. Family. Okay. Comedy. Romance. Adventure. This is going to give it away. I mean, there's so... Fantasy. Fantasy. Oh, uh, The Princess Bride? The Princess Bride. Ah, okay. uh, that makes us... Okay. Yeah, you're right. Once he said fantasy. Robin Wright yeah. from Forrest Gump. Christopher yep. Guest. Yep. Aforementioned director. And, like I, like, I don't know if it would qualify. Fred Savage's character is probably in high school or about that. Yeah, but yeah, you definitely can't. You're right. <laughs> you could, but it'd be like, eh, come on, Brian. Like, there's other movies to cover. Yes. Like, Clueless. I've covered that, Joey. I know. I know. I'm kidding. So I want to play one more game because last week on The Fate of the Furious, we did, boy, do we have a podcast for you. Yes. Brian, out of the kindness of his heart, donated one tweet to charity. And I will just spoil, that tweet got some points. So (laughs) I don't believe Brian's actual tweet got points. So we're going to play another round of, boy, do we have a podcast for you. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Come and check out our show. Yeah, yeah. So for people listening for the first time, this is where we go on Twitter.com, a.k.a. The Bird app. Find any tweets from anybody who might like the podcast. Uh, we just respond to them with, boy, do we have a podcast for you, and send the link to the page. But I do want to say there's a couple other piece of, pieces of business from last time. So last episode, we were talking about Taylor Lautner, yes. right, as Dom. And Brian was like, would you ask him? I'm like, yeah, of course. So two things there. Number one, the MCU in his multiverse phase, why don't we have a, uh, a Fast and Furious multiverse where he just is Dom, right? Like, it's he doesn't have to be Dom's cousin. He could just be Dom. Oh. Everybody could be Dom. Let everybody be Dom. But the other thing, and Brian, I don't know if you know this. We've talked about this on the podcast before, and I don't know how this happens. He was in the running for Mr. Nobody. Not for Little Nobody, but for Mr. Nobody what? in yes. Furious 7. What? I don't know if that's real or not. That's on, that's like, that's, you know, reported on the internet. Trivia. Yeah, but. Whatever. 
while you find tweets, I'm going to review last episode's picks. So, I found Aaron Warner's biggest fan, parentheses, real, at Adam Carlson Lover. So, if Fate of the Furious was a submarine and F9 was a rocket, what is 1011 going to be? And I said, Time Machine. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. And Aaron Warner's biggest fan liked it. So, I get one point. Nice. Not bad. No, not bad at all. I'm up to 35 and a half. Okay. Joe, you found... VP Sunshine Princess at Sunshine Princess. Fast and Furious franchise rankings. She does her rankings and says, Tej and Roma need a spinoff. We said we love your rankings. We definitely agree that Tej and Roma need a spinoff. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Nothing. I feel like I've gotten like two points in the last like 10 games. I feel like you've gotten like no points. Like we're, we're both on like historic cold streaks, but like you're on like an especially yeah, historic cold I, streak. I know. And it's not, it's not, it's like I'm picking like super weird shit. It's like. No, it's just, it's just, it's bad luck in a game filled luck. with bad luck. Yeah. Brian, you found Stuart Parsons at We All Screwed tweeting at Vin and Emrod and The Rock. When do we get Fast and Furious where Toretto gets hit by a car while walking his dog? Goes to the afterlife, has to win races to come back for revenge, only to find his Hobbs' grandmother that had a stroke while on her Sunday drive. And we said, Stuart, dogs should never die in the Fast and Furious franchise, <laughs> much like Han never did. Boy, do a podcast for you. Nothing. That's sad. But then, that Brian. One. That was a good one. You found, for charity, Arthur D. at Arthur Dufour. Next in F10, we learn that Maggie Smith plays Dom Toretto's grandma. She forced him to have some broccoli when he was a kid, and he didn't like it at all. Now he wants vengeance. We said, I guess the broccoli must have been as bad as the tuna at Toretto's Marketing Cafe. Bodhi, the podcast for you. And Arthur responded, just said, <laughs> yeah. love the effort, but it's going to be a hard no from me. I'm <laughs> never going to get back the two hours and 30 I lost watching F9. So basically, you got five points for charity for him saying, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. It was a nice, I like this reply, though. It was nice. It was well, like, that's why I play for charity. I put, I put the charitable ones before mine. I found a great tweet. Are you guys ready for this one? Yep, I'm yep. ready. I Go ahead. I got one, too. I found Frank Alcorn at Frank Alcorn 4. I need a Fast and Furious movie with Will Ferrell as the villain involving an intense golf cart chase. Oh, we absolutely have a podcast for you. I'm going to say, if you ain't first, you're last. Boy, <laughs> do we have a podcast for you. Joe, Brian. Brian, are you also are you going to play for charity tonight or are you not playing for charity? Yes, I sent two tweets in. Um, mine is Lily at like Lee underscore Lily. Being in the car with my mom while she drives is like being part of the Fast and the Furious, being part of the Fast and the Furious sequel with a sprinkle of Talladega Nights. I want, I wanted to do like what, what, what? Do, I don't know what to do with my hands, but <laughs> we'll say when our moms start driving like that, we don't know what to do with our hands. Perfect. <laughs> That's great. Thank you. Thank you for the tie-in. I appreciate it. Cool. So like Lily, Lily. Good luck. Godspeed. So now, Brian, which one are you playing for yourself? So the, I'm playing this one for myself. It's by someone named Frisbee. Okay. With a money sign. That's cool. Yes, Frisbee with a money sign. And it says, Talladega Nights 2 is going to suck without Paul Walker. <laughs> I don't understand it. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't get it, but since it, I get it, it might be dark. <laughs> So I'm just going to pick that one for me and not for charity. Sure. I don't even know what I want to say there. I'd be like, well, you know, any any good advice, guys, on this one? You could, do, do the do what uh, Joey said to you. Like, you, you're going to go to Talladega without saying goodbye or something yeah, that's along good. these lines. You thought you could go to Talladega <laughs> without saying yeah. goodbye? Yes. Yeah. yeah, that was for, for the people behind the scenes when Brian was uh, getting close to the hotel 
his wife, his beautiful wife, Nicole, who was finally on the podcast, on his podcast, talking about Hocus Pocus. Uh, I hope we'll be back for Hocus Pocus, too. Filmed him driving, sitting there. I thought it was, like, planned, but you said on the radio, we'll see you again. Yeah, it was on the radio. And I said, you thought you you could go to city that you're in without saying goodbye? Boy, do we. Have a podcast (laughs) for Nicole. All right, well, now, Brian. I, I certainly hope Nicole will be on the uh, Hocus Pocus 2 episode. It's not looking good right now. She's l- currently leering at me from the bed <laughs> as, she, <laughs> as, she wants, as she wants this episode to end. So You have uh, three yes. minutes left. So here we just Brian, please. Now, for the charity one, I'm going to let you either just play straight or you want to gamble the five points from last time. You can go up to 25 <laughs> points. I'm not going to gamble hits. charity money. I'm not going to gamble charity money. Come on. Okay. Coward. Okay. <laughs> it's, if it was my money, I would gamble. Hit us with this. All right, is chill with the feedback. Black, we don't need that. He, it's a reply to someone named Ms. Cream. And Ms. Cream said, what's a movie that's very popular that you hate? I'll go. First Men in Black. Really dislike the movie. So chill with the feedback. Black, we don't need that. Has replied, anything Harry Potter, Twilight, yeah. Fast and Furious, anything with Will Ferrell without John C. Riley. So don't agree with all that there. But I, I felt like... I feel like we need to comment on that. So what do you want to say? Though I agree, John C. Riley makes anything Will Ferrell better. Fast and Furious, Twilight, and some Harry Potter <laughs> is dope. Is dope. <laughs> Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Boy, do we. I'm going to put in parentheses, probably not for the podcast. <laughs> I do like that you're going to, if you get a reply, it's going to be like, I don't want this. Your charity yeah, is just alone. like. Yeah. Well, it's right. working for charity so far. Well, Brian, thank you so much for joining us. We will let you get on with your evening on the city and state that you're in that we're still not disclosing for legal reasons. You can disclose. Do you want to plug anything? Yeah, I'm going to disclose it. I'm in Portland, Oregon right now, which is just cool. in Seattle, Washington. And I mention it because I bought a six-pack of Rainier beer. Oh, it means oh, something oh, because oh, that's oh. the beer that Charlie drinks in Twilight. I'm yes. drinking that six-pack. And I'm seeing some Twilight stuff here. So, Joe, when you're on our Twilight Forever episode again, we'll talk about the Twilight stuff I saw. Literally was driving on the highway, and there was a sign in a small little town that said Twilight was filmed here. So that's how serious they take it here. Uh, But, no, just having a nice little safe, good vacation, seeing some nature. And uh, listen to High School Slumber Party. When does this come out? Tuesday. Tuesday. So, according to... Episode 250 will be out. Episode 250 will be out. Celebration episode. Uh, I mean, we'll talk. A and two fifty one will also be out because you're going to have, like we talked about last time, right? It's the two, the craft episodes, the craft, the craft legacy, and on the following Friday, we have a movie I haven't seen. Uh, Ryan Stick of the Ryan Stick Show is going to be on the podcast, and the movie is called uh, Dance of the Dead. Oh, I don't think I've seen that, but I've heard of that. Dance of the Dead will be covering uh, on this spooky October. Cool. Well, Brian, thank you so much. Apologies thank to Nicole you. for, you know, sequestering you. But we tried to be as flexible as we could with this, and uh, them, them's the breaks. <laughs> Next week, though, we have Hobbs and Shaw coming at you. But for all things Too Fast, Too Forever, you go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash Too Fast, Too Forever, or at Too Fast, Too Forever on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, family at cageclub.me. Check out our Patreon at TooFastTooForever.com, our store, TooFastTooForever.shop. Mm. Come back next week for Hobbs and Shaw aforementioned. And go check out High School Summer Party for Dance of the Dead and all the craft movies you can handle. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe, too. And I'm in trouble with my wife. And (laughs) we'll tell you all about it when we see you again.